What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond, and you are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday, the only daily Trailblazers podcast rolling along all through July, deep into the off season. So make it your first listen every day. Start your day with Locked on Blazers. In today's show, I'm going to lay out what I believe is the path to the Blazers getting home court advantage in the playoffs, to being a top five team in the West or a top four team in the West to get that home court. I I think there's some clear sort of benchmarks they have to hit, and I'm going to lay that out for you. However, part of this is not, uh, it's not a mea culpa, because I don't say things on here I don't believe. Sometimes I say stuff that I am talked out of later, but yesterday's show, my friend Chuck, Charles Tuggle, joined me on the program, uh, Longtime friend of the podcast and my friend in real life. And we did like a where do the Blazers stack up in the West? And just like a simple exercise. Is this team better than the Blazers? And he had him like the ninth best team in the West, assuming everybody's healthy. And I had him like the 10th best team in the West. And that's some real hateration. I still kind of feel that way if everybody's healthy. Everybody won't be healthy. It's not going to like, it's not how it shakes out, blah, blah, blah. Somebody's going to rise. Somebody's going to fall. It's how it happens. It's like why the NBA is fun, right? Is because like the predictions you make in July are not correct or like even relevant by the time you get to February, uh, much less beyond that into the spring. So th- this isn't like me backtracking. This is me saying, I, I here's how it would have to work for them to outperform frankly, my expectations, and for them to get where they want to go. They want to be a team that is has like real, um, you know, skin in the game, has a, is a competitive playoff team that's going for it. They've made some, uh, they've upgraded the roster from, from last season and, and, and made some really intentional moves to get better. So what I'm going to do in today's show is lay out what I believe are the like, are the things that have to happen for them to get there. And the number one thing and the most simple thing is that Damian Lillard has to be Damian Lillard. If Dame is Dame, the you get so many boxes checked immediately. He was not healthy last season from the jump. Didn't you know he was clearly hurt in in uh, in the Olympics? Didn't have surgery for a variety of reasons, and and thought that the rest would allow him to get back. And and to be clear, Dame has dealt with this abdominal thing from time to time over like four and a half seasons, four or five seasons, um, and rest, take a little time off, getting, you know, get off his feet, not, you know, it's allowed him to play through it or to, 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 to overcome that, those things. He thought he was going to get there again. He never did. He was hurt from day one and did not look like himself. Basically had like a handful of flashes where you're like, oh yeah, I remember him, but never looked like himself. And when they shut him down, it was just in, you know, his last game was December 31st. He looked terrible in that game and then never, it didn't play again for the rest of the year. He had surgery. So extended time off, both physically and mentally. I think the mental break is really important. The physical break, huge, because, right, you just got to get your body right. But the mental break, to recharge, to to sort of watch the league move around him and to, to get, as he likes to say, to use a Damian Lillard for it, to get his mind right. Come back and be Dame. That is the most important thing for the Blazers. Because the, the best version of Damian Lillard, 28 points, four boards, eight assists on something like 40, 40, 90 shooting is an offense unto himself is like the 10th best. Like Damon Lord at that level guarantees you 39 wins. Like you just, he's on the court. You're going to win 39 games, period. 
the rest of your parts of your the your, you know the roster parts would push you over to being an above 500 team or whatever but like you're going to be good and competitive you know 39 is not like a really good number but like is it just absolutely you're not going to bottom out with dame because you're going to be one of the 10 best offenses in the league with Damian lord last time we saw him he averaged that 28 4 and 8 so like when we saw him whole in that in the uh in, in the season prior to last in the 2020 2021 season uh you know before that in the bubble the bubble year like he averaged right around there, 28, 4, and 7. And then he averaged like 38 a game in eight games in the bubble and pushed himself up to averaging like 30 and 10. Like he's 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 capable of getting to crazy heights. The last time we saw him play a fully healthy NBA basketball game, or one of the last times we saw him play a fully healthy NBA basketball game, hit 55 in the playoffs. Like he's not that far removed. A 55-10 game in the playoffs, one of the great offensive performances you will ever see from anyone. I don't think he's that far removed from that. I don't think it's that crazy to think the Dame could get back there. In fact, I this of among all of the things that I'm going to lay out here, this seems like the most bankable is that Dame is Dame. I know that 32 scares some people, the wrong side of 30. Um, you've all been poisoned by very smart person Nate Duncan, but Nate Duncan has poisoned you to think that you get, that people get old fast. A lot of stars, a lot of shooting stars that can be really good. You know, Chris Paul, the reason why he's aged so well um, it, and was really good and at 37 was because he's one of the best shooters of all time. Steph Curry's one of those dominant players in the league because he's one of the best shooters of all time, but not the best shooter. He is the best shooter of all time. Dame is like a better shooter than Chris Paul, probably, and a and you know, pushing up towards that Curry level of shooter. He's a guy who's I'm comfortable with him aging because his game is suited to aging. If Dame is Dame, the Blazers are going to get back on track. This is that is step one for how does this team become a, a become uh, a home court advantage type team, a top five team in the West. Dame is Dame. But he also needs that sidekick. And I think the like second thing for me is that Ambry Simons continues his rise. When Ant was given the keys, had the ball in his hands and was the leader of the band, he was awesome. Awesome. Not good, but great uh, to steal a Jay Billis line. Not good, but great. But he was also the like the conductor of the whole dang show. Like he got the ball in his hands, he got to run a kajillion pick and rolls. When he was that, he was like a you know thirty and seven borderline all star. You know, like he was he was really good, really 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 good, Re- like fantastic, good not great. Um, there is a there will be a portion of the season where Ant does get the ball in his hands. A portion of every night where Ant gets the ball in his hands and gets to do what he does. The question for me is Ant can he scale and continue to be awesome when he has a little bit of a secondary role, like when he's the number two guy and particularly closing games as the number two guy, playing off Dame. I think he's fine. He's a better catch and shoot jump shooter than than CJ McCollum. That's for sure. He's a better athlete, although um, it doesn't always show up in Ant's game because he still doesn't. Um, while he gets to the rim, he doesn't finish at the rim as well as as well as he could. And he's you know he's missing maybe the pull up game of CJ has, but he has the shooting is like he's a better shooter than than CJ. That's an off ball skill. Um, if he continues to grow as a driver, continues to grow as a finisher, uh, he's you know showed that he took major major steps forward in a brief period of time as a playmaker. He has the tools to be CJ McCollum light or just straight up the CJ McCollum production. Um, I don't want to say better than CJ because I, I think it despaired. It, it, it's CJ McCollum is really good. <laughs> and I don't want to say like, oh yeah, easy peasy better than CJ McCollum. But right up there, don't miss a beat type of production. I think this is the fairest way to put it. And obviously he's 22 and has a ceiling that is very high. But 
step one, checkbox one, how do you get to, you know, the first, first box you got to check here, how do you get to be a top five team in the West is that Ant continues his rise. I don't want to put unfair expectations on him. Like, I don't want to scream all-star. I don't want to scream all these things. Like, if Avery Simons averages 22 and four, the Blazers are going to be right back on track and he can average 22 and four. That's easy for him. No, I don't know. Easy is probably an overstatement, but he's capable of putting up 22 and four with a big minute role on a good team. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. He can be that guy. He can be that guy quickly. He can be that guy night one, <laughs> first quarter one. Like he's, he's that explosive. And part of the Blazers calculation is that they do not miss a beat in the backcourt. Dame is Dame and Ant continues to rise. Those are your first two steps. Step two is the other side of the ball. And I think that's the question. Let's talk about that question and that defense and what it has to, has to, non-negotiable, has to look like for the Blazers to get where they want to go. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online, where you can go right now to betonline.net and get plus 7,500 odds on the Blazers to win the championship. The 10th shortest odds in the Western Conference. The, uh... The bookmakers, odds makers, my good friends at betonline.net, they agree with me that the Blazers are like about 10th in the West, 10th shortest odds in the Western Conference. You can win some money proving me and BetOnline wrong. If you don't want to bet on NBA futures, they got everything else on there. Major League Baseball, second half of Major League Baseball season, the end of the WNBA season. You can bet on the NWSL. You can bet on MLS if you want to bet on North American Soccer Leagues. You got combat sports. You got golf. You got tennis. Whatever it is, go to BetOnline.net and check it out today. That's BetOnline where the game starts. All right. The Blazers' easiest path to being a really good basketball team is have Dame be Dame and Ant continue his rise. That's those are those I, I I can pretty much bank on those things. Feel very 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 comfortable with Damian Lillard's production. I think he's an excellent basketball player. He's one of the best players I've ever seen. I I think I think Ant can get to the level he needs to get to. The rest of the Blazers' path. And that's what we're doing here today. Is finding the Blazers' path to being a Top five team in the West, a team that avoids the play, and a team that, you know, is a home court advantage type team. Top four, top five in the West. The next path is the other side of the ball. The next box they got to check is the other side of the ball. The defense has to get there. And let me give you some numbers to back it up. Because, like, it's easy to say, oh, the defense has to be better. Like, no S, Sherlock. It certainly does. In the West last year, there were seven teams that had winning records. Golden State, Phoenix, Memphis, Dallas, Utah, Denver, and Minnesota. All of those teams had an above-average defense except for the Denver Nuggets, who were 15th in defense. The top five teams in the Western Conference all had a top 10 defense. The top four teams in the Western Conference... All had a top eight defense. Golden State, two. Phoenix, three. Memphis, five. Dallas, eight. Utah, nine. Minnesota, 13. Denver, 15. Those are numbers according to cleaningglass.com, the the indispensable cleaningglass.com, thanks to Ben Falk. Uh, those are those are defensive ratings, uh, points allowed per 100 possessions. Those are rankings, uh, defensive points scored rankings. Cleaning the glass scrubs um, some garbage time from games, so you don't get sort of uh, nonsense minutes. It's really close to what the NBA has, but I think it's a little bit better measure. What it tells you more than anything, what it tells you more than anything, is that the Blazers have to be an above-average defense to to be in the playoff picture, Period. Period. 
a non-negotiable period. They have to be an above average defense. You cannot, this team cannot be like, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they kind of got there. They're 17th on defense. They're slightly below average, but their offense rocks. That, that will get them close. I think it'll make them a fun and entertaining team and a team that can beat anyone on any given night. But like for real serious, right there in the playoffs, one of the seventh best, you know, seven best teams in the West, a chance to just like win and get in in a play-in round or avoid the play-in altogether, non-negotiable above average defense. And if they want to be a team that avoids avoids the play-in altogether, that gets home, that gets either home court advantage or is a top six team, you're going to have to be a top 10 defense. If you want a home court advantage, you need to be a top 10 defense. The four teams that had, a, that, that had home court advantage in the Western Conference were in the top eight in defense. You cannot be a, you cannot, outside of the top 10, you are not, probably not a home court advantage team. You're on the cusp. And Utah, who finished fifth, you know, they were the best offense in the league and the ninth best defense in the league, and they still finished fifth in the West because they had some stinkers because they had bad vibes. They got to get there. The reason the Blazers hired Chauncey Billups is because he could get them there. The reason that they have gone sort of all in on a certain defensive identity, I don't know all in, but they've leaned into a certain defensive identity is because they think they can get there and they know they have to get there. Sign Jeremy Grant. In my eyes, he's perhaps the biggest swing player on the roster. Because he's your clear third option on offense. He's someone you can go to. The best forward the Blazers have had uh, since LaMarcus Aldridge left. It's been a long road. And this is coming from someone who loves Al Farouk But it's not close. Jeremy Grant's the most talented forward, like true forward they've had since LaMarcus left. And his job is going to be prop up that defense. Because when the dudes on the other team come to town, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant for whatever team he plays for, LeBron James, uh, you know, Paul George when he shows up also uh, like Luka Doncic like when the when the best apex big old wings come to town Giannis Antetokounmpo throw him in there Jason Tatum throw him in there the name they're going to ask to stop those dudes is almost certainly Jeremy Grant first might be some other people second but Jeremy Grant first and the way he's going to take this team to where they want to go is being that guy who delivers he isn't the only person that they've leaned on to be a better defensive team. They spent a bunch of money and triggered the hard cap because they wanted to get Gary Payton on the team. And whether you think it was a good signing or a bad signing, it was a very intentional move by this team. They paid him more than Golden State was offering, and they prioritized him early in free agency to add a great point-of-attack defender in Gary Payton, a guy who is six foot three but plays bigger than he is, but like is a defensive guard and is best suited as guarding, you know, elite guards, elite ball handlers, um, not true bigs. Those are defensive upgrades. The Jeremy Grant and the GP thing is the defensive upgrades. Uh, I think Josh Hart's probably a better defender than Norman Powell. Um, Nazir Little has, you know, he's got to stay healthy, but he's shown some chops on defense. I think Justice Winslow has um, has some real defensive ability there. Like, this is a team that has a... a not at its stars, you know, Damon Ant are still not good defensive players, but in its in, in the role players that they have, they have prioritized defense and versatility. When Yusuf Nurkic has been on the court traditionally over the last five seasons, the Blazers have been, have been an average to above average defense. It has to work. And it has to work with Billups. And I'll say this, coaches get better. I don't think Chauncey Billups did a very good job in year one. He also had a really, really interesting and challenging run 
because Damian Lord wasn't healthy and that killed all the killed all of the calculations. But Portland was never good on defense. Not for one moment. <laughs> Maybe one moment. The like second game of the year, they beat the Suns. One moment. Saturday, one Saturday in October, very briefly. 48 minutes for a whole year. They had a good defensive game. They had some other nice defensive showings. Um, you know, and that's that um I think people misremembered a little bit, but the the four-game winning streak right before the All-Star break, they played pretty pretty they played some better defense. Um Josh Hart got really hot from three, and they played really well on offense against uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies. But like they just they weren't good. But but coaches improve. Coaches get better. And the, what you're banking on for part of this as the defense getting there is the defense guy you hired in Chauncey gets there and brings this team along, gets them there, gets the buy-in. We know what the Blazers are going to want to do. They're going to play a whole bunch of zone. They're going to switch a lot. They're going to trap and be aggressive on the ball away from away from the rim. They're going to try to show and recover of sort of a variety of um, sort of levels of commitment to trapping um it'll look but like they're going to be an aggressive defense they're going to want to fly around billups wants to show help and then he wants to you know he's he wants his team to sprint and recover and and cover each other on the backside he wants to play an aggressive style of defense that demands connectivity the the defensive personnel has been upgraded to fit this look to fit it jeremy grant and gp fit it the growth of you know of Nas fits it. Winslow and Josh Hart fit it. Uh, I'm not so sure Damon Ant fit it, but they're doing they're propping up this team to be a top five offense in the league. They get to you know they if they can be part of a defensive ecosystem that is the eighth best defense in the league, Portland's going to be right there. They're going to be fourth best team in the West. That's their path. That's their benchmark. If the Blazers are an average defensive team, fifteenth you know fourteen fifteen they're going to be teetering on a play-in team. If they're a below-average defensive team this year, they're going to be a play-in team or worse. It is a non-negotiable that the defense has to get there. This isn't like a, hey, it would be nice. If they're going to talk a big game, and they are, and then they, they, they deserve the right to, everyone gets to puff out your chest, and they've got talent to get there. But this is the non-negotiable. This is the, this is the question mark. The defense has to get there because all of the other, I think the the offense stuff is like an easy box to check. Like I said, if Dame's healthy and if Dame's Dame, they're fine. This is the, this is the challenge. There's one other challenge too. It's availability of Yusuf Nurkic and whether this banking on small ball works. Let's, let's talk about what this team is truly banking on in the third segment. Join me there, will you? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Talk about Dame and Ant. Talked about the defense having to, they have to be a top 10 defense. If they're serious about getting where they want to go, top 10 defense. Something like the ninth best defense in the NBA. That's what it's got to be. But the other big part about this, and and, and I, I, I typically want to, typically for predictions, I don't want to talk about health because you're just every team is like someone's like oh well they're one injury away damn near every team in the nba is one injury away you know like every team in the league loses their second best player they're in trouble every team in the league loses their best player they're in trouble handful of teams you know like memphis was deep enough last year to mitigate some of that phoenix was deep enough and good enough last year to mitigate some of that other teams were not so lucky uh the the la teams not not 
capable of doing that type of thing. But when it comes to use of Nurkic's availability, it's it's some of it is just like true of Nurk. He has he's had some injury problems last year. Not part of the injury calculation. Anyone selling you that um, uh, that bag of beans is full of it, not being honest with the situation. Nurk would have played a whole bunch of games, and his availability would not have been in question. He was shut down for the final twenty games for the Blazers to have the access to Shaden Sharp. Mission accomplished. But Nurk, prior to that, has had both kind of just like nagging things and also some catastrophic bad timing stuff. A broken wrist, a broken leg, a broken bone in his leg, then a very severe uh, broken bone in his leg. Like, he's had stuff. He's had stuff. Uh, before he got to Portland, he had a shoulder injury with, with Denver. Like, it's been part of his story. It's been part of his story. So his availability is, is absolutely paramount for the Blazers to be a top five team in the West. If they want to sniff home court advantage, Nurk has to play. But not just because Nurk is vital and, and, and he's had an injury history. Because they don't have depth behind him at center. Drew Eubanks is a nice backup center. I kind of, I've kind of talked myself into Drew Eubanks being a, a, like an acceptable backup center. But if Drew Eubanks has to play a big minute role, like Nurk misses a handful of games here and there, and, and Drew Eubanks is playing 30 minutes a night, I think the team takes a serious step back. Um, Drew Eubanks, elite hook shotter. Um, and I love his story. Like, it's incredibly cool. It's easy. I'm rooting for him for sure. But like, I try to be honest on the show and I don't, I don't love him as like sort of an NBA, the level of NBA skill, but I don't think the Blazers want to do that. I think that when this thing gets rolling in the fall, the Blazers are going to play small in a variety of ways where Drew Eubanks probably, if I had to guess, and I'm, I'll guess now, is not part of the rotation on night one, you know, depending on the matchup. They played a Timberwolves or some, somebody gigantic or, you know, Denver or whatever, where you have to like guard one of the true fives. But against most teams where you don't have that type of intimidating center, intimidating front line, you can go small and the Blazers are banking on it. Chauncey Billups hinted at at Summer League that the Blazers are are comfortable playing Jeremy Grant some at center. It's very clear the team is comfortable playing Trenton Watford's a bunch at center and he'll get minutes there. I think they're going to play small looks with, you know, Justice Winslow has played a little bit of weird center on on some funky Miami teams. I don't know if Portland will lean in that far, but like they're going to play small with a bunch of wings. That's, that is, it's an identity that the, some of the best teams in the league have adopted in the playoffs. It's an identity that the Clippers have maybe more adopted in, in the regular season, the place where Chauncey Billups kind of learned to coach the incubator program that was one year on Ty Lue's bench and a deep friendship with Ty Lue prior to that, that like kind of gave Chauncey a blueprint to, I believe how he wants to play an aggressive style of defense with a bunch of wings. That's the, that's what the Clippers do. Um, I think Billups is building something similar. Uh, obviously like you started with Damon Ant and it's not I, it's not identical by any means, but it's something similar. They're comfortable playing small. So part of this calculation and how they finish as a top five team in the West, how they finish with a team that flirts with home court advantage and just avoids the play-in altogether, is that small ball works. Is that the Gary Payton thing works. He allows them to play small. It's that they can play some minutes with a three-guard lineup with Josh Hart or Gary Payton in there at, at, at the three. That they can play some minutes with... Nazir Little and, and Justice Winslow at the four because they're going to have to and some minutes with Trenton Watford and, and Jeremy Grant at the five because they want to and they're going to have to. 
Nurk's availability so they can play big when they need to, and his just like, Nurk is not a good shot blocker, but he's a great rim deterrer. Like the numbers from B-Ball Index suggest that Nurk keeps people from driving to the rim, but once they get there, he doesn't stop them at finishing at the rim. One of the great, just his size and his positioning, he's a smart defender and a giant person, keeps people from going into the paint. He's, he's giant and he knows where to be, but he's not like an elite vertical rim protector type. That's not who Nurk is. Um, in fact, he's got better hands stealing the ball than blocking shots for sure. He has propped up the Blazers to be a pretty good defense. And the minutes when Nurk isn't on the floor, the small ball experiment that the team very, very, very clearly leaned into is comfortable with and made like specific decisions to do like they did not they use their money in a specific way it's like beyond the value judgment just like the reality is this is what they wanted to do when they went and did it it's got to work that's how they end up as a top five team in the west i'm a little skeptical of it like i, I think i've said this before and i'll say it again i'll probably say it a bunch of times here before the season starts is i really like the blazers players um I, Josh Hart's fun. I really like Josh Hart. I, I like Justice Winslow. I like Nazir Little. I love Gary Payton. Um, I'm, I'm, I've bought in on the idea of Jeremy Grant, although maybe I'm not a huge fan of him. I, I'm a believer in Nurk. Um, Damon Lord has brought me probably as much joy as anyone uh, playing basketball in the NBA over the last decade. Uh, Amphrey Simons was incredibly fun last year. Like, I like their parts. I'm rooting hard for Drew Eubanks. Uh, Jabari Walker, I'm basically like the leading evangelist in, in North Portland. Jabari Walker evangelist. I have, if you are a long-time listener to the program, you know that I love me some Trenton Watford as well. Um, I've probably overrated his game a bunch of times right here into this very microphone. I like their players. I'm just a little skeptical of the roster as a, as a construction. So one of the things they need to do is look, make me look stupid. Small ball has to work. Dame has to be Dame. Ant has to continue his rise. And the defense has to be a top 10 outfit in the NBA. That's the checklist. That's the path. Uh, if you listened to yesterday's show and you thought that I was being too much of a hater, I wanted to give you something else. Is Here's how I think it has to work for them to get there. Even if I'm a skeptic, and I am, like my, my heart, I'm a pessimist and a skeptic. That's, that's who I'm going to be on this. Even if I'm pro-joy, I'm also like a pessimist at heart. So regardless of what I think, that's I, what I believe is maybe not as important as what I kind of know is the path. And I think this right here that I laid out in today's show has to be the path. That has to be the direction they go. And if and if they don't kind of hit on these things, if they don't get 75 games in NERC, and if they're not a top 10 defense in the league, they're going to be in the play-in with a, in a brutal Western Conference. There are 10 really good teams. Then there's also the Kings. Then there's some teams that are being actively bad. 10 competitive teams, 10 teams that could make the playoffs in a, in a field, and also the Kings, 10 teams that could make the playoffs in a, in a field that's only going to take eight when it's all said and done. And if you're seven or eight, you're, it's really hard to win a playoff series. Like, good teams are going to be there. The Blazers want to avoid that. If they want to be a top five team in the West, if they want to be even better, a home court advantage, top four team in the West, this was the blueprint. That's their path. Let me know what you think. Email me, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com, or, or let me know in the YouTube comments if you're a YouTube watcher. I appreciate you listening. Uh, we'll have more shows later this week looking at the rest of the Blazers offseason, looking ahead a little bit, and uh, having a bunch of fun. Lockdown Blazers rolling along. We are daily podcast through the end of July. We're going to slow things down a little bit when we get to August, when it's truly the doldrums. But for now, if you need a daily Blazers fix, nowhere better to find it than right here in Lockdown Blazers, available wherever you get podcasts, also on YouTube. Make it your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. 
Find out make your second list in Locked on NBA. Find out what's happening across the league on our overarching uh, NBA show on the podcast. Check it out and come back. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.